listening to WRKE 100.3 LPFM Salem, streaming live Roanoke College is proud to present WRKE over 30 stu- And on the TuneIn app, just search for WRKE. And now we are back once again with President Maxi. We were off last time due to COVID concerns for our first show that was set to be in February, or I believe early February. Now we're here in late February, the second to last day before the month concludes and we're ready to jazz it up here at Roanoke College with President Maxey. How are you doing today? I'm great, Kendall. It's good to see you. Good to be here with you tonight. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm glad uh, we can meet again. The reason why we did not meet the first time was because I had some COVID concerns. I was in close contact with someone who did test positive for COVID, which will shift us nicely into the first topic conversation here, which is a nationwide topic of conversation, COVID, COVID-19. What are we looking at moving forward here at Roanoke College with COVID-19 and the masks and everything, especially because I think now the CDC is advising or they're saying that people who are vaccinated don't need to wear their masks anymore. So where are we going forward with masks and COVID-19 here at Roanoke College? Sure. Well, Kendall, it was so nice of you to get in touch with me before and uh, tell me that you'd been around somebody with COVID. I'm glad you didn't get it, but that was very thoughtful of you, and I appreciate it. So thank you. Um, Well, we have less than 20 cases on campus right now, which is still a miraculous thing, wonderful thing. Um, Not all of those are – that's less than 20 students, and not all of those are on campus. And so we're still in good shape, which puts us in a position to where we can start to consider at what point would we lift some of the restrictions that we have. And so we're, we're in the middle of those discussions this week. And so we should be able to make some announcements within the next, by the time everybody goes on break, I think they'll probably know what the deal is going to be coming up here. So, um, you know, it, it certainly looks as though all the things they predicted about Omicron have come true and that it spreads quickly, spreads all over the place, is not quite as um, uh, devastating to people in most cases. Um, and it looks like it comes on strong and then goes away quickly. Mm-hmm. So uh, if all that holds up here, then we should be able to make some changes and adjustments that will be things that we'll all be grateful to to have lifted in terms of responsibility. I flew back from Charleston, South Carolina today. I was down there for the college. Um, And uh, you still wear them on the planes, still wear masks Mm -hmm. on the planes. But uh, boy, in in Charleston, I saw very few people out when I was was, uh, out and about who were wearing masks. So um, it, it, uh, thank goodness it didn't get worse. It's gotten better. And so that'll let us have some more uh, liberty to, to uh, lighten up for people. Yeah, and I think the reason why we're seeing like less masks is because we've all together collectively worn our masks, gotten our vaccines, and at Roanoke, when we were all coming back from winter break, the big concern was um, everyone's been everywhere because it's been a long winter break. Right. Are we going to bring COVID back to campus? And Roanoke definitely took appropriate measures to make sure that if there was COVID coming back, we stopped it because there was two weeks where we were online. We're all still wearing our masks. And if I'm being honest, I expected a COVID surge when we all came back. Yeah, me too. And there wasn't one. Me too, Kendall. You know, one of the 
one of the difficult things about our situation. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling pretty bullish about things. I think things are much better. But one of the complications for us here is, is um, the college campus is actually safer than the areas around us. I mean, we, we're still, this, this part of Virginia is still in a high uh, COVID stage. You, you want to get down to a positivity rate under 8%, and we're still, the last number that I was given, we're still up about 12 and a half here. So, but it was as high as 30, so we're, we're definitely headed in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely encouraging to hear, and I'm ready to see everybody and recognize people out and about without their mask because it seems like I'm meeting two different people. All my professors tell me that too. They'll see me walking around. And I'll say, hey, uh, Dr. Carter, just to bring one up, and he'll look at me for a second. And granted, it's a little bit easier for me because I'm like six foot five. I think it's <laughs> easier to tell me apart, but still, there's some of that confusion with Zoom, with mask, no mask, seeing who people really are. So. Want to be great to yeah. see everybody's smiles again. I mean, Can't it just wait. is going to be great. Can't wait, especially because we've got sports seasons rolling around with spring sports. It's going to be nice to see everybody pack the stadiums and hear everybody louder now because masks aren't going to be required, maybe. You got it. Well, I know you went to a baseball game today. How was that? Or yesterday? Yesterday and today. It was very chilly, but it was good to see uh, baseball back being played at Roanoke College. I think we've got a strong squad this year I'm really encouraged by what I saw but before we get into that I do have some baseball I want to talk with you later especially because your Boston Red Sox might be warming up for spring training soon we had some campus news warming up here over winter break I believe with a lifetime movie being shot on campus where they actually invited students to participate. Yeah, wasn't that cool? Yeah, several uh, students had that opportunity to work behind the scenes on that film. It was uh, led by Penalty Vox Productions Incorporated, an entertainment company that's based in L.A. They were here in December filming that movie called A Glass of Revenge. Um, filming occurred on the Turbyfield Quad and the Bat Quad with Production space is set up in the Colquitt Center and Alumni Gym. And a big part of that, I believe, was one of our um, professors here, Joe Boucher. He's one of my professors, and he actually extended that invitation to me and my classmates to work on the set. I don't know if any of my classmates did. I'm sure they did. I did not. And um, he's been really key in, like, the film movement here at Roanoke. And he said uh, about the film, with all the interest in media and film along our students among our students the last few years with the basically Tarantino Film Festival which we have to talk about as well President Maxey it was great to see a professional film production on campus especially with some of our students working in their element Joe Boucher is also an alumni of Roanoke College class of 87 and Kendall you 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 wouldn't have any way of knowing this but um Joe Boucher was in Pi Lambda Phi fraternity when he was here. And that was your and fraternity, I was, right? I, well, I was their advisor. And so I knew Joe when he was a student here mm -hmm. um, and was his fraternity advisor. And so um, it's, it's fun to see him back. He's, he's still as creative as he was as a student. Uh, um, and uh, like you're suggesting there, uh, the things that he's done to – 
invigorate film interest on campus. It's, it's just been fabulous. So he's, yeah. he's a good guy, uh, helps with the lacrosse program some, helps with the, the screenwriting and film studies, and, um, and then runs the activities for the college. He's a busy guy. Yeah, and Joe incorporated you into that basically Tarantino Film Festival. We've talked about it before on this show with how you're one of the requirements now. That's right. Film. That's right. This, the the uh, films that are submitted for basically Tarantino Film Festival have to have either some animation or real live appearance of me in the in the uh, movie. So I'm uh, I'm I'm a, a, an, an extra or something like that, and excited about it, and can't wait to see what kind of creativity people bring to it. So I'll give you a little preview of what my group is doing for Tarantino. Oh, great. So we've decided to make, it's kind of a comedy. It's a haunted bed and breakfast. Great. And we've just now started really putting the work in. We already have the script and everything. We're going prop hunting, I believe, this week. We've been messing around with the studio. But the role we have for you in this film so this is like a big reveal here. It is a big reveal yeah. in the in the film too. Okay. Because you're the mob boss. It's Perfect. run by a mob. Perfect. But the whole the whole kicker here is nobody knows it's you. I mean they do, but they don't know it's you until the end. Because okay. the lines are all being read by somebody else until the very end. Okay. And then it's the big reveal. Got it. What do you think about that? I think that sounds pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to being part of that. Yeah, I hope it. I hope it lives up to that. We still have pretty much all the work to do on it, but I'm looking forward to getting underway with that, and we'll definitely uh, reach out to you whenever we are ready for that last part, the cherry on top. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll bring my best acting skills to bear. I'm going to hold you to that. Got it. Now there were some new members appointed to the president's advisory board and to the community advisory group. There were actually four Roanoke College graduates who joined the board. Yes. Um, one was Michelle Austin, class of 93. Right. Uh, the other, or one of the others, Amy, I think you pronounce that, Geddes. Geddes. Geddes, class of 92. Carrie McConnell, class of 99, the year I was born. And then Karen Winslow, class of 2002. And then in another appointment, Aaron Burkham, was appointed to the college's community advisory group as well. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that process and what sure. exactly that advisory board does for you and for the college. Sure. Uh, well, four of them are appointed to the president's advisory board, and that's my sounding board for me. And so when we have an idea that we're thinking about at the college, we'll take it to the president's advisory board and ask them what they think about it to get their input they're all distinguished people in their own careers. They're all, they're all loyal to Roanoke, and so they're trying to look after our best interest. And so it, that's my think tank in some ways you might describe them. And they're very helpful. Then the four women that we've added are just fabulous people. It's funny. I admitted all four of them back when I was in admissions a long time ago, and so I've known wow. all of them for a long time. Um, and when you're in admissions, you always know how smart they are. Mm -hmm. uh, how smart people are, and these are four really smart women. So I'm really excited for them to be on the board there, ha have all kinds of very accomplished professional careers, 
Um, they're all really good people, love the college. Um, they're going to bring so much good advice to the president while I'm here and then the new president as well. Um, the president community advisory group is a little different. Uh, Ms. Burcham there um, is, uh, is in a new role herself, but she's going to join us in this role. And that group are community people that try to help us advise me and advise the college on what are some things we can do to make the Roanoke Valley a better place. And so um, I'm excited to have access to her smarts there. And so um, this is new blood. It's great. We've got a lot of good people who are already involved, and we're counting on them and rely on them for years. Uh, but these are, there are some new opinions that will come into play and be really helpful and make us stronger. Yeah. Definitely exciting to see um, some new Roanoke blood in there, too. Um, nobody knows what Roanoke needs and what Roanoke's image is as much as Roanoke's own. That's so right. I'm definitely glad to see more students coming back and hoping to make an impact for the school because it's worked out so well so far. Well, Kendall, I hope that you're one day willing to be on something like this. Uh, you'll add a lot, and there are a lot of people listening to us, I'm sure, that would be great assets to help the college. And um, I'm a big believer in all of us are smarter than one of us, and so whenever mm -hmm. I can find people who can advise me, I love it because they, they uh, um, because all of us are smarter than one of us. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna I'm gonna start using that. I like that. Now, you talked about your advising days. You used to advise another alumni, Virginia State Delegate Sam Rasul. <laughs> yes. I did not even know that he went to Roanoke College until I saw this. Isn't that great? It is great. Class of 2002, and. He also did not let you know, along with um, Mrs. Maxey, that they were going to honor you. That's right. This, I think that was this past week, right? That's exactly right, Kendall. I, I go to Richmond a lot, but every year I go at least once to talk to members of the legislative body of Virginia about Roanoke and about private colleges in general to try to help them understand the issues that are important to us. And so I was down there thinking that I was going for that, and I did that. I spent a morning um, visiting with members of the House of Delegates and some senators. And then, lo and behold, they asked me to come into the chamber where the, uh, all of the delegates come together each day at noon. And so I went in there, and here's Ms. Maxey, which I didn't know she was going to be there. So. <laughs> I knew something was up big, and so I sat down in the gallery looking down on the uh, House of Delegate members, um, and uh, Sam Rasool rose and said he wanted to recognize me, a resolution of appreciation for my almost 40 years of working here, and it was just very touching. I know Sam well. I think the world of him. He's a good friend, and um, he used to work for me when I was in admissions, and I knew him from the time he was a freshman himself and so I'm so proud of Sam he's such a great leader and to have him read a resolution like that I was just totally choked up and surprised and very humbled Kendall it was a it was a really special moment yeah I'm, I'm sure it was I can't even imagine one being surprised like that but two on that level I mean yeah, that's was, pretty big time it was it was really um, it was a wonderful thing I was I uh, just couldn't put it into words, but I got all choked up. I saw Sam right after 
they did it after he left the, the floor for a few minutes as we were trying to, to make our way back here for a faculty meeting. And I just, I, I told Sam, I said, if anybody in the world did this, I would hope that it would be you doing it for me. And so that was, that was really special that it came mm -hmm. from Sam. Yeah, and then I've also got a quote from him. He said that you are known for your connection with the students, which that's all I've ever heard about you is your connection. And he said you're known for your knack for getting to know the name of every student, which I think I brought up our very first show. And Rasul said, including myself, he was my dean at that point. I remember going on rafting trips. He has served the Roanoke Valley well. And yep. those are very kind words, and they I think are. he really – just hit it right on the nail there. Well, thank you, Kendall. I, I you know, when people, I don't like to talk about myself so much, and when people do things like that, it's it's very moving, um, uh, and it and it and it makes me uncomfortable. But I, it it sure is a nice thing to be recognized that way. So I was very very grateful. Yeah, we all appreciate you here at Roanoke College, without a doubt. Thank you, Kendall. So now we're going to shift it to Maroon Madness, which right went down I think two weeks ago and that was an event on Wednesday night with the women's basketball team and the men's basketball team everyone coming out to support the squads I believe it either was a senior night for both teams or the second to last um, home was, game I think it was second to last yeah know. one of the one of the games wrapping it up for the seniors so it's a big event all around. I know there was a good uh, halftime show for both of the games, I think, and then a good split in between the two. T-shirts were handed out. It was madness, I guess you should say. Frisbee, frisbee by catching dogs, right? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, that was pretty fantastic. Were you able to attend uh, Maroon I Madness was. this year? I was. I was there for it uh, a couple years ago. I actually got to throw the frisbee for the frisbee dogs, but I didn't get to do that this year. I, maybe I wasn't good enough the first time. <laughs> Did they catch it the first time? The the dogs are unbelievable. They're athletic and coordinated, and um, and so anxious to to catch those frisbees. And so, and the guy that does it with them, it, it, he's he's as well trained as his dogs, and mm -hmm. so it's just a lot of fun to watch. It's a blast. Yeah, I imagine. And then. The men's and women's basketball teams, they both had great success this year besides just Maroon Madness. Yep. But unfortunately, we saw both of them fall in the ODAC tournament this weekend. Yes. The men the men won the first round um, and then went down to the eventual chap, uh, cha champions, Randolph-Macon. Um, Macon had a really great team. We did, too. We just couldn't quite um, – muster up enough to beat them and then the women lost to uh, Lynchburg after having a great season so both of they, both teams had great seasons uh, it has to end somewhere I wish they'd both gone on a little farther but I know they wish it a lot more than I do so yeah I'm real proud of them and the way they represented the college and the way they competed um, Terry and I go to almost all the games and so it's uh, and we know all the players by name and um, we're we're real proud of them, and uh, they they just uh, do right by the college all the time. So, and and some great performances from them. Yeah, and you hit it again. Two great teams. They had great seasons. Every sports team, I feel like at Renner College, is just very solid, above average, and they all play to the level of their competition. But at the same time, they represent the school well. They do. They do. I mean, they're just fine people. 
um, which matters, and they're fine athletes and they're fine teammates. Um, you know, you've watched both of those squads all year and the way they've played together as a unit. Uh, you know, it's like all the parts come together and the, the sum is more than the parts and yeah. on both men and women's basketball. Yeah, and I, I think I was telling you last semester, we were probably on break just talking about sports, and I voiced how much I was surprised watching the Roanoke basketball teams, and it was partly because we're a lower division private school and you don't expect to see what you see with like Division One ACC basketball, which is fair. But I think if you're truly a fan of basketball, watching it at this level is just supreme to me because you yeah. see that team basketball, the way the game's supposed to be played, no one's bigger than anybody else on this stage. And watching both teams, women's and men's, this, this season, I mean, I'll definitely watch it next year, even if I'm not doing the games and not a student here anymore when I graduate. I'll still be following the games because Great. it's just fascinating to watch to me. Well, you know, that's how Terry and I feel about uh, post-retirement for us. Uh, we love to watch Maroons in every sport, and so – um, we're, we're still planning on attending games and matches and, and meets because um, we love it so much and, so, and are so proud of our student athletes. But I agree with you. I think oftentimes um, in a sport like basketball, maybe the center it, in Division I might be seven feet tall. You know, our center is 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", and so they're just a little shorter, but their talent level um, it's just as good. Maybe yeah. physically they're just not as uh, big or as wide as uh, somebody in D1, but they're great athletes. That's exactly what it is, too. And I'll bring up a bunch of guys and me. We play uh, we play basketball every week or so. We're on full court in the Kreger Center. And I think it was last week one of the freshmen for the basketball team came out, and we needed him for a tenth. And at first he was like, no – Probably because he knew he was just too too good. And we were just like, come on, we really need you. We need a 10th, right? It's not even funny how much better he was than all <laughs> of us. I mean, it was just pass him the ball and let him work. And you see him in the games, and, yeah, they miss some shots in games and warm-ups. They might not make them all. But I don't think we realize how much better they are than us because yeah. playing with with this kid – I mean, he was just knocking them down. He could have been playing blindfolded, and I feel like he still would have been better than us. Yeah, it was incredible to watch. Well, they're very talented athletes, and and it you know the time commitment for an athlete is is huge. You know, they're carrying a full academic load and trying to do their best to to uh, be part of campus life, and then they've got this other uh, incredible investment of their time. So. I think one of the things that athletes get out of it is learning how to do time management, yeah. uh, which is a huge advantage in life. The schedule is crazy. One of my good friends plays, because uh, we don't have a football team, he plays football over at Bridgewater, and he says every morning they have to wake up at like 5 to be there at 6 just to lift weights. Then he has practice later in the day, but he's also got classes all day, and then homework after you're done with practice. I mean – they're doing it all day. You bet. You like, know, I, I walked down the, from the president's house to campus early in the morning oftentimes, and 
I'll leave home sometimes at 5.30 or 6 and walk down, and I'm oftentimes seeing the swimmers come back from practice when I'm just headed out. Yeah. And they've already been up and had a hard practice and uh, coming back from it. So, you know, that takes a lot of discipline and, um, and a lot of uh, careful use of your time and, and, you know, and, the, and it's tiring. I mean, they've got to have, yeah. have endurance, not just as athletes, but endurance as students. Yeah, definitely. And that is without a doubt going to set them up greater later in life with time management, discipline. And I feel like when they're working that normal nine to five, they'll be like, that's it. Yeah. I don't have to be up way earlier and go to bed way later. And the rewards are definitely going to be there later on in life for all athletes, especially maroon athletes, which other maroon athletes are now finally getting the opportunity to perform on the big stage with spring sports yep. coming out now. We've got uh, baseball, softball. softball, yep, golf, tennis, men's and women's lacrosse as right. well. That's right. And, and track just finished. I think today was the conference indoor meet. Yeah. So they'll probably get a few days off and start the outdoor track. So um, the, 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 everybody's at it. The golf players, the, the, uh, the tennis players, the um, I mean, spring is a great season for all kinds of things, but spring sports are just terrific because, like you said, it was chilly out there today, but it sure was good to get out, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Do you have – I know you're probably going to say no, but do you have any favorites <laughs> for uh, spring sports? Um, you, you figured out how I'm going to answer you, Kendall. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I love going out uh, and, and watching them. So uh, I won't pick out one, but I'll just say that uh, – I'll show up wherever I can to watch the Maroons in action. Yeah, definitely. Definitely going to have to see you in uh, one of these baseball or softball games soon. I'll be out there. Yeah, the baseball team. I haven't seen the softball team yet. I think I do my first game for them this coming weekend. But baseball looks legit this year. They won uh, both games of a doubleheader yesterday. I think both games were by 10-plus runs wow. each. And then today they unfortunately lost 8-4. to four, But... They were in the game the whole time, just kept fighting. They were down, I think, five or six at one point, and it was late. And you just think any other team would just have no more fight left in them. But next thing you know, we were rallying. We got two runs. We had the bases loaded. Fortunately, it didn't go our way, but Roanoke just kept fighting. And I think this team is going to be really exciting to watch this year. There's no quit in maroon is there Kendall there is not there's no cue so I know that much yep now one of the last things we're going to talk about on this show today is the big upcoming event this month can you guess what it is the president's ball yes sir the president's ball is coming I don't know though what day it is do you know what day it is it's the 19th of March and what time I don't know the time, but it's in the evening sometime. So. And it's in the ballroom over here, right? No. You know, we're going to do it in the Crager Center this time. So really? So we've got more room. So what, what exactly is it going to be like then? Because I know it's going to be completely different than the past because it's already in the spring this year, not in the fall. Right. Well, we're going to try to do it as normally as we can. We thought it would be fun to do it in the Crager Center um, because there's so much – space over there that you can use and so uh, you know part of the fun of it is the variety of entertainment and the variety of the food too and so we'll have all that big and great as ever 
Um, we, we have a dance band and a hip-hop uh, DJ and, a, uh, and some dueling piano performers, and so everybody can find something. We even create some spaces that are just quiet places for people who want to go sit and talk with someone. So um, I always feel like a, a, a curmudgeon telling people it's really a great party, but honestly, it is a great party, so I hope everybody will come. It's just so, so much fun. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. I definitely will have to be there, but my biggest question with the President's Ball, or two biggest questions, and I think a lot of people also might have the same questions. Number one, what is the dress code? And number two, are you expected to go with like a date, or can you just go with your friends or by yourself? You know, the important thing is to be there. And so if people want to bring someone, bring someones, or come on their own, it really doesn't matter. I mean, you're going to see so many people there. The last one that we did before COVID, we had, I think, close to 1,300 people there. So you're just going to see a lot of people that you want to see. And our professors come with their significant others. Our staff members come with their significant others. And you know, people usually dress up a little bit. There'll be a few. I'll, I'll wear a tuxedo, but that's because um, I, I'm sort of supposed to do that. It's things. your ball. It's my ball. That's <laughs> right. Um, and so, and Ms. Maxie will always look so lovely in something that she's dressed up in. But I don't want clothes to get in the way of anybody being there. So I hope that everybody will uh, will uh, dress in the way you feel comfortable. But uh, it's a nice, elegant adult evening for all of us and it's a time for us to come together and goodness knows I hope that the COVID numbers keep plummeting the way they've been for the last few weeks so we can all have a good time together so I'm gonna be there and have a blast and I hope everybody else comes me too I'm excited um this will be my first and I assume my last president's ball because if it still is going to be on track for the spring if they continue it next year I won't be here, so I think I have to jump on the train this time around to be safe. I hope they move it back to the fall, Kendall, but uh, I'll tell you what. When you're there, if you don't leave and say, President Maxie, that's one of the best parties I've ever been to, I'll buy you a Mac and Bob's calzone, okay? <laughs> Deal. They do have a calzone there named after me, so that's I'll right, take it. That's right. They do. <laughs> the Kendall Zone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy you a Kendall Zone for Kendall. Deal. All right, so that is the end of our show today, but we can't go away without saying some dad jokes here. And I'm I've, ready for them, Kendall. I've got I'm four rely for on you tonight. They are um, holiday themed too. We've got a holiday that we missed, and we've got a holiday coming up. Th- does that mean that these are Valentine's dad jokes or Christmas? The first two. Okay. The first two are Valentine's Day. The second two are um, St. Patrick's Day. Great. So these could be big. They could be. Now, I don't want any pity laughs, though. Okay. Now, the first one. I once fell in love with someone who only knew four vowels. They didn't know I existed. <laughs> that, one took, that one took me longer than I yes. want to admit to. But after I got it, I was like, that one I have to put in there. Yeah, that's a good one. And then the next one. Why didn't the skeleton want to send any Valentine's Day cards? Let's see. There were he, there were no bones about it. That'd be, but that's not the right answer. Why didn't he send any Valentine cards? Um, uh, I give up, Kendall. 
what you got. His heart wasn't in it. Oh, I should have got that. That's <laughs> a good one. No pity laugh there. That's a good one. Now, what do you call a leprechaun prank? A leprechaun prank. Um, this is a St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's one. Day theme. We've switched over here. A leprechaun prank. Um, I don't know, Kendall. What is it? Well, I just told you, it's a St. Pat trick. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Last last joke we've got here is, uh, why shouldn't you iron a four-leaf clover? Um, I feel like I should know that one. <laughs> why shouldn't you iron a four-leaf clover? Um, I'm going to give up so people aren't held in suspense, Kendall. Well, you might press your luck. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Thank Very you. Very nice. Now, we'll, we'll have some more for the next show. I believe that is going to be on March 24th this time around. That's right. Um, at 7.50, we'll get here. We'll start it off at 8 o'clock, and we will have another great show to talk about what's happened between now and then and maybe well, we'll some President the, Ball recap. We'll, we'll have some stories about the President's Ball to tell, and who knows, maybe we'll have a new Roanoke College president to talk about then, too. Maybe, and we could talk about that process like we briefly did yeah. before this show. But I can promise you this, that show will be good, just like these other ones. I'm ready for it. I, I am, too, Kendall. It's great to be with you tonight, and I look forward to being back together again. And um, see everybody at the President's Ball. Please come and have a great time. It'll be a blast. I promise. I can't buy everybody a Kindle. Zone, but, uh, <laughs> it'll we'll it'll be good. Yep. It'll be yeah. good. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. So that is it. Um, we're coming coming around the 9 o'clock hour here, but we will be back, like I said, on March 24th. Thank you once again, President Maxey, for being here with me, and we will see all of you at the President's Ball and on March 24th. Thanks, Kendall. Great to see you. Look Thank forward you. to March. Thank you.